Welcome to the Rubens Abreu Podcast, your health dose of inspiration, knowledge, and entertainment. And I'm your host, Rubens Abreu. On this episode, I interview one of the most inspiring and hardworking men I have met in my life. Growing up in New York and eventually moving to Houston, Texas, he found himself throughout life in many hardships and challenges that for so many of us could lead to a life of misery. But instead, he made a lot of mistakes and became better with them. We get really deep into Vipassana on this episode as well. And we talk how he went from being homeless to pay all his debt and, him, and remove his family from the ghetto to a better life in Texas. Plus the challenges he has gone through until today. He works in sales now, loves music and hip hop. He's an extremely talented performer starting his own brand and business and podcast as well. I have been waiting for this interview for over two years now and I could not be more grateful for having this ready for you the listeners so you can learn with this amazing person. I hope we enjoy as much as I did. Stay humble people, much love and please welcome Godfrey Elde. So yeah, we're recording now. Um, first of all, I would like to say thank you because I know you're so fucking busy And then a lot of things are going on uh, with you. So yeah. thank you so much for putting the time and um, doing this with me. Thank you. Oh, of course, brother. Of course. Yeah, you know, time zones, you know what I mean? We fighting it, brother. New York, Sydney. But hey, we're here, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it's, it. Yeah, it's 9 o'clock in the morning here in Sydney, and it's 6 p.m. in Texas. Where, where are you in Texas you're located now? Houston. Houston. Awesome. Houston, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Can you still see me clear there on the camera? Yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome, basic, awesome. Can you see me good? Can you see good? So, just yeah. for the for the list, is a bit of background. I met Godfrey uh, in 2015 here. Uh, me and him, we met in this barbecue party. Uh, and then <laughs> instantly, we couldn't stop talking to each other because we had so many uh, common interests. And then it was a long... It was the start of a long, long, long relationship. Um, Godfrey left Sydney. Uh, when did you leave Sydney now? How long ago? 2014. I got, yeah, 2014, 2015. Oh, my God. Around man. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we kept in touch. We, we, we kept feeding the relationship and um, now let us to start this podcast. And he's one of the main guys that would love to do this because it's so many good information and so many inspirational uh information coming through you so i think we should start this so i can ask you some good questions and provide our listeners with the best values i can get amazing bring it on yeah god bring right it on, I'm happy to be here. so godfrey i know you're born in queens new york is that correct yes born and raised born and raised uh, queens new york city yeah how was that for you man tell me a bit about your um experience uh, growing up in queens Okay. Well, growing up in Queens is beautiful. Uh, I'm just uh, happy to, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm just happy to be here, man. Uh, you came a long way and you do amazing things. So I always support everything you do. I love supporting great people. And you're the one that has my support. As for Queens, man, uh, this is something you definitely got to experience. I grew up in Queens around the uh, late 80s, 90s. You know, I grew up uh, during the golden era of rap. As a, as a young kid in Queens, and uh, when hip hop was in that golden era, you had a lot of heavy hitters in the hip hop game. So it really shaped my life. 
it's the, one of the most diverse places in the planet. So I had like every, they were, I remember every neighborhood was like a different culture. So I just grew up having love and respect for all people. Man, it was good. Now we didn't respect each other all the time. You know what I'm <laughs> it was but, fun growing up. Yeah, but g- give uh, our listeners, because uh, um, what I want to get most out of it, because uh, of course it was amazing. You said like such a good perspective nowadays, but I know you've been through a lot of hardships, especially when you were raised there. Can you go through it and explain a little bit more? Um, because it's not queen, only Queens. You, you're born, you, you're raised in a, in a ghetto community. And uh, how was that for you? And how, um, yeah, how was, how that shaped you as a man today? Well, being raised in the ghetto is one thing. But I think as a man, being raised without a father uh, a positive fa- father or a positive male role model figure, it can be debilitating to most young men and young women too as well. But as for myself, you know, I was raised primarily by a single mother. So it, um, it, re- it was tough. You know, we didn't have a lot growing up. And, but as I traveled the world, it gave me a global perspective that we did have a lot more than other people. Uh, I got into a lot of, uh, you know, mischief, you know, like most ne- neglected kids or any kid that's been through abuse. I, um, you know, I, t- I took to the classroom as my playground. So I was often always the class clown. I love to make people laugh, you know, because that was my time for fun because it wasn't a fun place in the home. So I would even make my teachers laugh and they knew that I was bright. So they would always write, you know, this kid, uh, you know, he's getting an F, but he's bright. He he need, he knows he can do better. So it was just, uh, I was just a victim of circumstances pretty much as a kid. But um, as I grew older, I learned to make the best out of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, tell us a bit about of your um, dancing background, man. Because I know when I met you, one of the main things that uh, I was very surprised about you is the uh, abilities of dance um hip-hop dancing that you have and it's pretty cool and when did you actually start it for you and what impact you got out of it <laughs> that's a good question well i started dancing like when i was say seven years old eight years old i had like these green neon sweatpants and i would spin around my butt really 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 fast and i thought it was just the best feeling in the world as a little kid. So I always had a, an attraction to movement and fast movement. You know, I'm a young, young boy. So, I mean, what boy doesn't, right? Definitely. So growing up in the, in the hood, it was my way out. It was uh, my ticket out the ghetto. Um, you know, if you're a young kid where I'm from, you're either trying to pursue a career as a rapper or a career in the streets or, or lack thereof in the streets, right? Or you played sports. And sports, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It didn't really take to me much. And uh, I started dancing, I would say, when I was about 16 or seven, 17. Yeah. You know, I, I was um, heavy into the streets. And, you know, I was living in a van. I had ran away from home. Uh, two of the people that I was living with in the van at the time, you know, let's call them uh, Frank and Billy, you cool. know, they were yep. ar- arrested uh, for a crime and, you know, God bless them. They didn't rat me out and they did serious jail time off of that. So it was like a wake up call for me. 
at such a young age. And I remember just uh, having no friends. Yeah. You know, um, September 11, 2001, the World Trade Center fell. And I, I turned 16. Bro, I didn't know the World Trade fell. The, the, I didn't know the buildings dropped. I found out until like the 13th or the 14th. So I was in a really dark place that I didn't really look up at the sky or I had no connection with reality because I was a really depressed young kid. You know, I was troubled, really troubled, you know. And uh, if, for anybody who was in the tri-state area, you could see the cloud of smoke for months in the sky. So that tells you the type of dark place that I came from, that it was just a different world for me to even look up at the sky, and, you know check out the weather or, you know, I yeah. was into a lot of addictions. So when I came home, you know, I was making a lot of money. I thought my mother at the time would, you know, force me to pay bills, force me to pay rent. She said, all I want you to do is go to school. So I went to school. School was easy. It, it always is easy. When you take a kid from the street life who could survive and thrive in the streets, and then you tell them to mess around with a couple of papers and pens. Papers and pens are easy. So after I found my way through academic success, I needed an outlet because I was already trying to get myself healthier. I went downstairs and I found out a breakdance club in the after school program. And rest is history, man. I dedicated my all into that. And, you know, within about a year or two, I was employed as a dance instructor. It took off, man. Yeah, brother. That's amazing. And now, <clears throat> sorry for it. I know you worked with um, many, many different people. Who did you work with, especially in Australia? And we're going to go back to Australian uh, questions, but uh, in your career, you worked with uh, big names. Could you mention them first, please? Yeah. I worked with, excuse me, <clears throat> some hip hop artists in, uh, from a tribe called Quest, Black Sheep, those iconic rap, rap stars. Uh, in Australia, I toured with Katy Perry. You know, Amazing. she's a very talented worker and she's an artist. I mean, extremely dedicated. And shout out to my Australian hip hop crew, Indigenous Hip Hop Projects, I double HP. Shout out. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, and let's go back to, because um, I really want to get into. How you growing up just with your mom, and I know you mentioned your dad very briefly. Um, how was that for you growing up with just um, your mom raising you with your sister? And then maybe you could get, give us a li um, our listeners a bit of background of your parents. Yeah. Well, my mother and my father at the time, I didn't really know it. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, coming down with a cold. But um, they sh suffered from some kind of mental illness, you know, um, and at the time we didn't know. We thought that was just a way of life, you know, in the Caribbean background. It's very it's very popular for you to, you know, just beat your kids instead of teach your kids. And that's the way we grew up. So we just grew up having fear in the house. And it was very unhealthy because they never got along. I never saw a, a loving relationship with my mother and father. And. You know, through that, through that um, turmoil, through that, you know, all the arguing and fighting. I remember it was the Christmas of 1993. I got an AM FM Walkman, you know. So this is before iPods, all you young cats out there. And I used music as my escape through that. I mean, all types of music. I would use that 
AM and even the, uh, the, the FM and the AM dial. It's just talk. I would just listen to that all the time and to kind of drown out the, the sounds of them fighting. And I learned how to have a lot of fun by myself. I would take a lot of long walks and really be comfortable with being alone, being myself. So it was tough growing up because, you know, um, there wasn't a lot of money in the household. We didn't have a lot of opportunities. My mother, she tried to do the best that she could. She was involved in the PTA, you know, and there were some times that she had to get me out of trouble. And, you know, um, my teachers knew what was going on at home. So it was they, they were very supportive. But at the same time, um, that's not to excuse the things that I've been through as a as a child or anything like my brother and sister. You know, my brother, he's uh, incarcerated currently and um, it's it's tough. You know, some people make it out and some people never, never do. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So um, why did you decide to come to Australia, man? Sydney, first of all, how was it? Yeah. Well, I've always was attracted to travel, but I never had the opportunity. <clears throat> you know, in my dirtbag years, you know, I was a bit of a player, you know, um, and I met this girl and we tried it out, man. We did the long distance thing for about three years and it was rough. So you met her in the States, you met her in New York. Yeah, I met her in New York and, you know, the relationship progressed and we wanted to try it out in Australia. And that relationship fell through, you know, but ultimately halfway through my visa, I went to Sydney, you know, and a little backstory of why it fell through, because I know that everyone's going to ask, um, you know, I have about four years sober, so I quit drugs and alcohol. So I started using when I was like 12, you know, like when my father left and I began to um, get off, relapse, get off, relapse. You know, it was just a back and forth thing. And anybody that has history of addiction, you know, we kind of lie to ourselves that, you know, I could quit any time. But every time you relapse, it's just a little bit more rough. But even if after you get off and you stay off, there's still all the defects of character which I believe ultimately led to the demise of that relationship that I had at the time. And also, you know, my, my social, my mental development, my current financial status. I mean, you name it, it was pretty rough. Although I had all that talent on the outside, on the inside, I was a broken person, you know, and ever since I got off, I've been strategically piecing the pieces together because even growing up in the ghetto, I've always believed deep down inside that I was destined to be something great. That's very important, man. I think, um, yeah, even though with other things you have to go through and, and experienced, that's what I really find amazing about you. Because when I met you, you were a different Godfrey compared to, you know, when you tell me these stories, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, even though, of course, I believe you. I met you, I met a completely transformed Godfrey. And then for the listeners out there, one of them, I have my um, vision board um, on my computer, uh, on my phone, and I have a few things that I want to accomplish in life that I use as an image just to visualize and have more like a driving um, focus to accomplish the things I want. Um, and one of the f pictures that I have on my vision board, it's Godfrey Elvey. <laughs> and it's just a picture of you smiling, brother. And the reason I, I have you there is because <laughs> it's just when I met you, and then, of course, since until today, you're just the most smiling 
kind and warm-hearted person uh, that I have met. And I remember that I would go out with you and then we hang around and it's just that energy of attraction and I'll go to the bathroom or I'll go do something and come back to meet you. Uh, you'll be surrounded by people and you'll be talking to everyone. So the reason I have on my vision board is to remind myself of being more, you know, more calm, more relaxed, more kind, more compassion, have more generosity towards other people. And you really taught me that. And that's the reason I have you on my vision board. So just remind myself of those values that I think it's, are really important. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons we, we got really connected um, at the barbecue. Uh, maybe we can talk about that as well How when we met back at the, yeah, the party. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, <clears throat> that's one of the highest compliments I've ever been paid. You know, to be a part of somebody's vision board who's actually pursuing their vision because anybody could uh, put together a couple of, you know, photos or say that they've done something. Appreciate it as a nice gesture, but to to know that you are a man of your word, motivated, you know, um, intelligent, hardworking. I mean, constantly searching for knowledge, and just to be a part of that vision, a part of what makes you you, brother. If I could hug you, I would. That's. Some that's possibly the deepest compliment I've ever been given, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. What was your question again? <laughs> that's all right. When we meet, we met um at the party, remember the barbecue? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when um, I was in the dance community, <clears throat> excuse me, and in New York City, and everybody knows everybody. It's very smallly, uh, tightly knit. So one of my friends at the time was on tour with. Kaiser. I mean, she's Grammy nominated. She has that hit single Hideaway. It's on YouTube. It has millions of views, amazing voice, crazy dance sequences. And just, I got invited to one of the biggest uh, summer festivals out there. So at the time, you know, I was just sober. I, you know, didn't have uh, um, much money, you know, because being an addict costs a lot. You know what I mean? It really does. You know, you're not going to quit for your health. Quit for the money, y'all. Come on. What are you doing? But anyways, and I didn't have a place to, to live. You know, I had a f- fallout with um, a friend at the time. Let's call him Mark. So Mark was actually getting into his addiction heavy. And I was just coming out. <clears throat> and it was a transition where you grow up with someone and you reconnect and you realize you are growing apart. And it was it was really tough to be a part of because, you know, I was... um. And I just got clean and, you know, he was doing immoral things and I didn't want to be a part of that. And then the drugs, you add that on top of it. It was just very unhealthy. And then there was that jealousy factor. So I had to find somewhere to live and I didn't. So I was invited to, um, I think it was just like, it was like the Sydney's equivalent of Summer Jam. It was a big festival. I forget which one. Kaiser was there. And so it was my, my homegirl. My homegirls, they're dancing, ah, 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 they're on the stage. And then I see these, you know, Capoeira, you know what I mean? I see Capoeira, uh, who is actually <laughs> Mr. Joe and um, another gentleman at the time. They were just uh, doing an exhibition on stage. It was very entertaining. The crowd loved it. So my homegirl invites me backstage. I meet Kaiser. I meet the squad. We all getting along great. And I meet Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe, she has such a great heart. We instantly connected. And um, her daughter, Dandada, she was there, too. And I love kids, and um, we bonded, con- we, we connected well. It transcribed that 
they invited me out to, you know, a capoeira meet and a barbecue. So we go out there. And as soon as when I get there, man, I see this. It, it was a fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you see two martial artists fight. I, I mean, remember. It, yeah. Yeah. There was this big guy. He was all ready for shame. Yeah, it, it started. It's supposed it started to be a fight. It's supposed to be a family thing, and they, they eventually got into a fight. That was such a shame. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it, it just reminded me, like, oh, snap. <laughs> it gets gully out here in Sydney, too. <laughs> <laughs> I go back inside, <clears throat> and I have a thing for great minds, and I, I met a great mind in you, and we were just there standing in front of the in the center of the floor in the party, and we spoke for probably two hours we would have went three if we didn't have to be respectful and just say yeah let's hang out let's uh you know let's uh go mingle yeah that's let's what we said that's mingle we come back and talk okay let's keep in touch <laughs> yeah man and it was a it was such a great meet man such a great meet yes that's amazing that's amazing um but i know you eventually left and uh, but before we talk about you leaving and eventually working in the cruise ship i want to talk about because you didn't have a place to stay in Sydney as well. How was that for you, man? It was a what happened? gift and a curse. So as I said, being an addict is very expensive. Saving up the, the, the money um, that I did, you know, I sold my car to move to Australia. I was saving checks, but I was also spending it, you know, just partying way too much. And also I was a, I was a dirtbag, you know, I was a thief. Uh, I was a very good one, uh, you know, and I was a, uh, like a, a, a hood rat. You know, I would rob people growing up, you know, <clears throat> in my teens. And I guess it was just karma's way of getting back at me. And, you know, I believe in karma. I believe in the law of karma. It's so true. Um, do unto others as you would have done unto you. You know, it's, it's in the Bible. And <clears throat> I ended up losing like thousands of dollars on the flight to Australia. So I didn't have my backup money. And I had the fallout with, with Mark. And I didn't have a place to stay. Joe invited me to her place to crash for a couple of nights, you know, and I did. And it's actually the same house that we met in. I ended up sleeping on that couch there, too. And, and just and for our listeners, it was basically Joe and her daughter and you guys in a studio apartment. Yeah, it it's was. Just yeah. the, the amount of generosity, compassion coming from her, I can't explain. It was such a tiny apartment. There were two people living there already, and she still invited you to come and stay over. Oh, absolutely. And um, don't get me wrong, I paid my way for, for what I had, and you know, I definitely um, you know, gave as much as I could at the time. But ultimately, moving forward, was a, it, it, was a, it was a struggle, you know, because I remember at one point, you know, I was sleeping at the beach. I, was, uh, I had everything. I owned in one suitcase and, you know, I would go to the club with my whole suitcase and I didn't really have places to stay. I slept in uh, a mall and I was okay with that. You know, I ate one meal a day. I was okay with that, you know, because I've, I've been through really tough times in my life and I knew deep down that I was destined to be something great. So I was okay because I know I did people wrong. So even though people were doing me wrong and I fell flat on my face, um, so to speak, I knew that I could pick myself up because I wanted to do right and treat people right. So I ended up going to Vipassana, changing my life, came out. Actually, after I came out of Vipassana, that's actually when I became homeless. It's crazy how life works. Um, so Let's Vipassana, talk about that, man. 
Let's yeah. talk about the experience because I personally took Vipassana. Um, so give a bit of background to our listeners. What is Vipassana? Why did you take the course and what did you get out of it? Right. You, um, Vipassana is ultimately finding you, finding yourself. It has nothing to do with religion. Um, if you're into meditation and you're into finding yourself, there are meditation, uh, Vipassana meditation courses all around the world and they're all free. Actually, you can donate. So whatever you feel that your experience was worth, you can donate. You know, they provide food, they provide lodge, and they provide a great service that helps humanity. For those people who are really looking out to change their life, stop this interview right now. Go meditate. <laughs> Go do Vipassana. It's a 10-day course, right? And then come back and finish watching this video because I think um, you would understand a lot about more what, I, what we're speaking of. Okay, so that was a spoiler alert. But... Vipassana ultimately is you have noble silence for 10 days. 10 days you vow not to give eye contact, speak, use technology. So we give our technology. We even give up our jewelry in, in the front. And we eat a vegetarian diet, three meals a day. We wake up at sunrise with a gong and we meditate from anywhere to, from three to seven hours in one day. And it was a Beautiful experience, you know, um, not speaking, not looking. I'm from New York City, man. If you've ever been to New York City, we don't talk to you and we don't look at you at all. So that part was easy. The hard part, <laughs> the hard part was being an artist. And I took it one, I added more discipline to my Vipassana experience and I refrained from creating. And it, when you, when I walked on the little nature walk in the Blue Mountains, you know, in Sydney where, we, where the center was, you know, you would see these little uh, stick figures of men and women. You would see people scratching their names. It was like we were cavemen and women. You can see like baskets being woven by, you know, barks of trees, um, little statues with rocks. We are incredible species that creates art. And it was very difficult for me to just refrain from wanting to create and just observing the urge and just letting it pass. I took a lot of time to walk in nature and observe ants and watch birds and be in my thoughts, but also meditate and uh, receive Vipassana. And it changed my life. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life to this day. How did you hear about it? Who told you about the Vipassana course? Okay, so actually, I was dating someone that lived at that flat and uh, let's call her Jessica. So Jessica wanted to get serious. Now, I didn't. I wouldn't have mind getting serious, but I was on a visa. I just broke up with my ex because I was a dirtbag, and I just got out of a, an addiction, and I had a lot of personality effects. Even though she was a great person, I didn't want to put that on her. So I literally told her, I'm actually... Yeah, and this is great. Shout out to Jessica. Well, that's not your real name, but you know who you are if you're watching this. I told her I need to find myself. And I and, and I did. And that's a line that a lot of guys use. I need to figure out who I am. I, you know, girls say it too, you know, when they bullshit and like, oh, I just gotta focus on me. No, I was really on that shit. I wanted to find my true self. I didn't want to identify with drugs. I didn't want to identify 
myself through a female. I didn't want to identify myself through anything but something good and great. So she was like, really? Oh, okay. She took it like a champ. She actually texted me, you know, the, uh, the website and a screenshot. And she was, she said to me, Hey, if you're looking to find yourself, this is a really good thing to, to get into. My friend had uh, taken it and it's changed their life. So I'm like, Hmm, okay. So I, I jumped at the chance, but as an entertainer, I had the opportunity to one, go to Vipassana and really find my purpose and do a better thing or B get a really big gig with my agencies working. I think it was a commercial for chase and it would pay really good. It would have got me out of debt. I could have paid my, uh, my way in Australia. I could have, you know, never been homeless. And I literally got the call like the day before I was going to Vipassana. So, you know, they say, to be where you never be, you have to do things you never did. And I was tired, bro. I was tired of being a failure. I was tired of just going back. So I took the advice. I went out there and man, it changed my life, man. It really did change my life. So what things did you learn that, that really changed you? That's a great question. And I learned ultimate patience and ultimate discipline and just to observe how you're feeling and to separate your ego from your feelings because we are not our feelings. Uh, if you have a feeling of pain, you are not going through that pain. That's just your body. And we sat, when we received Vipassana, spoiler alert, we, we sat motionless for one hour. I'm talking about motionless in meditation, just observing. I didn't wipe my nose. I didn't adjust anything. It was just me. Myself and my meditation. It, bro, it was the most painful experience ever. Even though it wasn't painful per se in the grand scheme of things, my body, it wanted to move. And my spine was hurting. My hips, my butt, everything was hurting. And all I just kept doing was recognizing the pain. And I think about an hour, I started to involuntarily shake because of the pain, you know, my, my body was going through. And, you know, you think about a lot of things in Vipassana. You think about the past. You think about, you know, um, you know things that are happening in the past. You think of uh, anxiety hits. What's going to happen after? When is this meditation over? You know, but that's what you need to do in, the, in that situation is just to observe it. Don't judge it. Just observe it because it'll pass. And bring yourself back to the present moment and start again. So it's a really great thing. And the guru, um, there was a recording of the guru um, every night, a recording because he had passed away, but he left behind his words and his guidance and his uh, techniques. And um, I got a lot of healing out of that. And after receiving Vipassana, you know, I, there was this joy. There was this relief that, you know, tears fell from my eyes. You know, I was just silently just, just tears of happiness, of joy, of success, of greatness. You know, I noticed other people around me broke down in, in, in full, full tears. Um, yeah, and about day eight or nine, I think it was, they let us see each other. And it was very good because when you saw somebody, you saw who they really were, not the projection of themselves. You didn't see the makeup. 
you didn't see the ego. And if you did, you recognize that, hey, this guy's ego is shining really bright right now. Let me, you know, let me just observe that. Let's not judge. And it's like, you know, we did a radio interview on a Sydney radio station, and they asked me, how, how was the experience? I told them this. I say, you could see a photo of someone smiling, right? You can read the definition of a smile and see it that way. You can see people smile face to face, but nothing will replace the feeling of true happiness that starts from inside here, that's then traveled and translated onto your face. So that's the deep peace that I felt from inside. You know, it, it's very hard to capture in words. It's very hard to speak about it. You will have to go go forward and experience it yourself, guys. Yeah, I got a lot of um from that too. Just more, more peaceful person, more understanding. Like you said, working on the ego. Um, I'm reading a book now. The the ego is the enemy. Uh, I'll put in the show notes as a link as well. Right, it recommended. But I think when you, and if you're passionate because you are there for ten days, and like you said, you're not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to exercise. You're not allowed to read it, to write it, to touch anyone, to kill any sort of any more form of life. Um, you're gonna have to deal with feelings and thoughts that you you know you you normally don't deal with because of distractions of society and of day-to-day basis you know you come back to the city you come back to normal life and you have all those distractions your phone and your your job you know, your relationship and and you don't get in touch to with this inner let's call the inner peace um, and i definitely learned to be more peaceful more grateful more self-aware of my own thoughts and feelings and understand that everything comes and everything goes and that everything's temporarily and not let me let myself attach too much to the things emotion I'm feeling but to understand and use that as a guidance and uh, use that as a as a sign of things I should do things that I should pay attention to so yeah, that's what I got the most out of it. And, you know, the reason I took it was because of you. It started with you mentioning about it and I uh, did my own research. And then I met another, like, another guy that took it. And I was like, oh, my God. I met another, you know, three people that already took it. That's definitely a sign. I should do it. And it definitely changed my life um, very hard. I nearly quit on the fourth day. For you guys that want to do it out Ooh. there, it's challenging. Expect to be challenged because you're going to be bored as fuck really? <laughs> and, you're, and you're gonna think that it's a waste of time but like godfrey said the longer the days you know start happening you start to understand and see the true purpose of why you're there and then at the ninth day you get to meet everyone and it's such a nice energy and such a nice experience because everyone explains why they're there what did you get out of it and and you learn so much and you can create really deep um, relationships you know what I mean I met this guy that was still in touch today shout out to Shaheen out there if you listen to this brother I'm gonna soon get you on this podcast but you were one of the guys that I met and you know I still have a relationship because of your passion so I definitely recommend guys 10 days but that will change your life 
Yeah, man. Shout out to him too. I mean, Vipassana is like a brotherhood uh, or a sisterhood. The ladies do it too as well. We're separated from genders, and which helps a lot. And it's it's it was great, man. It was really really great. And uh, I'm really happy that you did that and took it upon yourself. Have you gone back again or? No, I haven't. Um, they have like shorter versions as well for the ones that already took the 10 days. You can do three days if you want to. I wouldn't take now, at least not this year. Maybe next year I would do that again. Because uh, when I was there, I met people that have done it like several times, man. People come back like between years, you know, and like in a yeah. decade, they've been there like four times, you know what I mean? Yeah. People keep coming back and every time, it's kind of reading the book, like one book multiple times and you always get something different out of it because you're in a different stage of your life. Mm -hmm. So some messages there might not be relevant for you now, but as you grow as a person, you become a best version of yourself. When yeah. you go back, things that they're teaching there that you didn't hear before, you, let's say you hear it or you, you didn't listen to, right? That's what they say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely recommend it's it's it's, it's a which location it's a did long you go to? learning. I went to the same as you go um, in the Blue Mountains. Hey. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was cold as fuck. I recommend you guys go in the summer because it's really freezing there. Um, but the support <laughs> and like God for saying, you have everything you need and it's out the nation. Um, it's a beautiful place. I remember every day after we had food and everyone would sit in the balcony and just admire and enjoy the sunset. Yeah, dude, and, that's like the oh my only God. thing that I've ever like noticed. I've never seen so many men. It was like 50 guys, you know? I got the photo <laughs> yes. on Instagram. 50 guys sitting, eating healthy food, watching the Heavy sunset. Some tea. Yeah. Nobody's trying to peacock. Nobody's trying to compete for the attention of this girl. I mean, or, or anything. It was just incredible. And man, that, I mean, shout out to the Vipassana squad. You know, all the Vipassana people out there. Throw your visa, man. This it's, it's a great experience, y'all. You know? Yeah, challenge, but definitely worth it. That's what I, you know, I would I would pass on to you guys. Um, but man, you eventually. You know, you left Australia, and I want to talk about that. Why did you leave, and um, and eventually you get into a cruise ship before going back to the states? Let's talk about that once. Why you leave? You left Australia, and you eventually start working on a cruise ship. Yeah, brother. So I left Australia because my visa was expiring, and it was very difficult for me to extend without going to school because I needed money and needed funds. But I was very blessed. <clears throat> I had people, I've met so many generous people out there. People wanted to pay for my schooling. People wanted to, multiple people wanted me to live with them and move in with them. And just the, just the experience of Australia really changed my life. Um, it's a different culture. So they appreciate American uh, culture so much more than you know, other cultures. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So yeah, I, but don't, don't sell yourself short. Like I said, you're such a nice guy, man. And it's not like everyone just because you're American. It's something different. Definitely. It's your personality. It's your character. You know, your, is your charisma is your kindness. It's all, it's everything together. That's hey, are you hitting so on me, friends? You might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> you got a girl, man. Hope she's not oh listening. my god, my Catherine's gonna hate this. <laughs> I 
I would eventually have to get back on track. I really didn't have any savings. It was all blown out. And actually, I left Australia in debt, right? So, um, and living on a cruise ship, it was rent-free. I got to travel, and I got to uh, build up my passion. I met close to 400,000 people, and over in about 30 days, I became a superstar uh, on, on the ship. <clears throat> because entertaining is is my true passion. Um, it's what I was put on this world for, to make people have a good time. And, you know, I would tell my story on the microphone and I would just genuinely care about people. And in entertainment, you don't see that too much. A lot of us get jaded and we end up just saying, uh, yeah, let me just go through the motions and get, 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 get this party over with or get this event over with. And yeah, I became very popular quick. My ratings on that ship, uh, I remember my manager at the time, he told me, well, he told us in the meeting uh, that my ratings and my, my customer feedback on that ship, it outnumbered uh, entire departments combined. You know, uh, it, it, it was very, it was great. I mean, apart from traveling and seeing the world, which is beautiful, I, I really recommend that. Connecting with people was my most cherished experiences over there. I mean, I've met people that were still friends till this day on that ship. And it was a lot of success, maybe too fast for me because, you know, my time management was off. You know, I had all these defects. I was just fresh off drugs, you know what I mean? Not even a year. And I just didn't really know how to keep it all together. I mean, I remember walking to work and I had people stop me and they wanted me to sign autograph for them. They wanted me to take a photo with their family or they wanted to tell me that they thought about suicide. They thought about not skipping this trip and, you know, just giving up on life. I mean, I've had very confronting conversations and you know, I met over 400,000 people in my contract. And I, in my entertainment position, I interacted with everybody. I hosted the major shows. I did the dances and it was incredible. But ultimately... Uh, it, it, it was just like a roller coaster ride and I loved it, but with great success comes great responsibility. And for my lack of responsibility and you get, you add envy and jealousy in there, you know, I did make some enemies and, uh, those enemies, you know, conspired against me and I ended up getting fired for being late. And, uh, it, it's all good because, you know, with every setback comes a triumph. You know, I, I didn't have the loser's mindset. I knew that it was for a reason. So I ended up getting fired and, you know, I had the option to go back home and, um, and, and stay another week and go to New York. But I knew there was nothing for me in New York, but all the same friends, all the same habits, all the same people. I decided to stay out in Texas because I love the culture. So I ended up staying in Texas. I got on my feet. I became very successful and I ended up moving my twin sister and my mother out here in Texas and gave them a, a better shot at, um, you know, life because it was very dangerous where I was and well, where I'm from in, in Queens. And it's, it's not the kind of place that you can, you know, go jogging in the nighttime. Let's just say that if you wanted to, but now it's a gated community here. I mean, we have a swimming pool, we have our own gym. It's, it's basically paradise compared to how I grew up. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to stay in touch with my family and bring them out. I mean, I, we drove about 30, I drove 30 hours straight, no rest. I drank about eight sugar-free Red Bulls and 
Yeah, we had the boxes shipped here. And now my family's doing a lot better. So with every setback comes a triumph, you know. And if you have a, a winner's mindset, you know, you'll be able to smile through the pain, you know. Even, at, even after you go through something crazy like getting fired for a job that you're really good at, you know. Uh, you know, I'm really thankful. And uh, so thank you, Marcia. That's, uh, that's the real name. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm not going to say your last name, but thank you for, you know, those negative emotions that you had and you did what you did to get me fired because it helped me help myself. And this was back in 2016 and I had no money. I was in debt and no car. Um, I mean, and today, less than two years later, you know, I have a paid off car. I have credit. My credit is outstanding. My savings is incredible. And, you know, I live, I have my own place. So if you're going through something tough, remember with every setback, there's a triumph if you have a winner's mindset. Let's talk about that, man. How did you manage to, you know, get your sister and um, your mother out of the ghetto, out of New York City and you brought them all the way to Texas? And what did you do? What job you started doing after the cruise ship? Yeah. Well, when I was on the cruise ship, and I was at the high point of my success, I realized that it doesn't really matter how successful I can be if I'm not doing the best for my family. So I began to miss them and I became homesick, you know, because I was back and forth traveling, living in different states, living in different countries, touring for about five years. You know, I wasn't really home. So when I got the chance, when I got the opportunity, I went to a gym and I applied and I met one of my mentors there, my mentor now, he was my mentor at the time. He was just, you know, one of the managers and we became very close and he was able to show by example, you know, living with purpose, you know, um, having dignity and uh, being disciplined in your path. So that made me become very successful. But working in the gym didn't last long because of you know, politics within the company, you know, it was a, it was a big chain gym. So things move slow, the bigger the company. Later on, I went, I ended up um, getting a job as a car salesman, one of the most hated jobs in America. And with what I learned from my mentor in the gym, you know, I became one of the number one guys. I even created a system to train new people who knew nothing about cars. And I helped develop our number one salesman too as well in that uh, in that dealership. So, because when they hired me, they said, hey, you got the job, go sell a car. I didn't know the inventory, I didn't know anything. I didn't, I just learned by mistakes. So I spent seven months making mistakes. But for every mistake I made, I wrote it down and I typed it out and I made it a system, a very easy, simple to remember system. And I began to follow that and I became salesman of the month back-to-backs in the best months of the year, December and January. If you're a car salesman, you know December and January. That's where the big money is. But um, that was another thing to, you know, really change my life because, you know, I was making some pretty good money from, from a guy who was once homeless, you know, to taking in 10 grand in a month, you know. I uh, just got to be very thankful just for my opportunity, for, you know, the things I've done right and the things that I've done wrong. You know, that's why I thank, you know, that that person who got me fired, because, I mean, 
look where it got me. You know, I moved my family out. When I was doing good, I told my sister, said, hey, listen, start cleaning up the house strategically. You know, I gave her about two months to strategically clean up. And then I took a flight to surprise, you know, my mom and my sister. Well, my sister knew I was coming. And then within a couple of days, we packed everything on an 18-wheeler. They drove everything to Texas. I rented a car and I drove 30 hours straight to Texas. And I must have heard the same songs a million times. But what made it beautiful was that it was around Christmas time. And I love Christmas. Christmas is like the best holiday in the world. I mean, the soundtrack to Christmas is dope. Even though you don't believe that baby Jesus was born on December 25th, come on, you got to love the music. I mean, you got to. It's just something special. I'm with you, man. It's so addictive. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. So, yeah, man. That's great. Congrats, man. That's amazing. Uh, And I know you're not doing the car sales anymore. What are you doing now? Oh, so the mentor that I met in that first gym, he actually purchased into a gym franchise. So he's an owner. So all the dedication, the discipline, the integrity that he's been doing, he's never stopped and neither have I. And the number one, uh, the the guy that I created, I remember uh, taking him to meet my mentor and just uh, we had a, a conversation and, you know, my mentor even though I've learned so much from him, he's also learned so much from me. And it's a great relationship because successful people, we think and we walk and we talk alike. So he told me, like, listen, if you're always doing the right thing, you will always have me in your corner. You know, but when you fall down, you need to pick yourself up and come on back. So I decided to just give him a call randomly one day just to say, hi, how's it going? I didn't want anything from him, you know, because I understand what it's like when you become very successful. People call you and they want stuff from you. You know, I'm not that type of guy. If I get something, I want to earn it. And he told me that he had plans to hire me. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, anybody could say anything. Right. And at the time I was, you know, doing very good at the dealership. So ultimately, I was going to take a pay cut to work if, and, and not just work, but he's going to hire me as the general manager. So that's right. You're talking to a boss right now. So uh, I just I, I took it. I took the pay cut. I took the position because happiness and fulfillment and being connected with someone great like my mentor. No paycheck can actually replace that. And when. You have somebody that believes in you, that wants you to succeed. There's no limits. You know, I don't see him as just a boss where it's like you were late today. You're getting written up. You know, this is someone that, you know, I look up to. So I want to be there early. I want to do more. You know, it's a Sunday. It's my day off. And I have projects that I'm going to complete after this interview. So I know what it's like to go above and beyond. But most importantly, he knows my work ethic. He knows that I, I love putting in 72-hour weeks, that I stay up all night thinking of ideas, that I'm, I'm a hard worker. And it's exciting watching um, being a part of a business from the ground up and just being a part of an entrepreneur uh, and their vision. And it's, it's fantastic. Every day is just fun. It's new. And I'm excited, man. And I never thought that I would be here particularly, you know, working in the fitness industry. Never thought I was going to sell cars. You know, I never thought I was going to get fired. But when you have a, w- a winner's mindset, 
you know, you, you end up making the, the good out of the bad, you know, and yeah, just uh, whatever, what other people say, it goes one in the ear, out the other. If it's a value, it goes one in ear, in one, one of my ears, and it stays in my heart and my mind. And I, I make it a part of me. But everything else, I let it roll off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. And we know that you are creating your own brand now. What do you want to accomplish, yeah, man? Absolutely. I know you have your podcast. You've got your shirts there. Got it through LV. You study your own yeah. thing. And I know you've got your YouTube channel. What do you want to accomplish? Tell me about your brand. Tell me about your podcast. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Awesome. So the brand is named after myself. It's self-titled. I started the T-shirts because I always wanted a cool logo and I always wanted to wear my own shirts. So that's one off the, the bucket list. I want to help other people that want to get out the hood and see new things. So that's why I titled my podcast, Debt to Dollars. Uh, I'm an author. I have 12 titled books that I've, I've wrote. And I understand not everybody is on the internet. And also, I want something that can survive if my website crashes. So, you know, I have a literacy uh, campaign that I'm starting up that I want to put my books in libraries while we still have them. Because pretty soon, who knows, in the next 50 years, all libraries can be gone. So I have ebooks, I have paperback books, and I have a blog too that people can read. Uh, and yeah, I just really want to live my purpose through my brand. It's not as much for profit because, you know, um, you know, if you just look at the logo, you know, even when I'm on E, I could still flip a G. So even when I'm at my worst, I could still make money. You know, I've been blessed with that. And the G is also backwards because, you know, it's like a symbolization for giving back. And then you see the duality in the logo that represents the yin and the yang, the balance, you know, positive and negative. And in between, you know, is me, is who I am in this life. Um, shout out to Jose, my boy from New York City. He's a former student when I taught breakdance many years ago. And uh, he worked very hard in putting together the logo. And Hanez knows he put the final touches on the logo as well. He's also my boy. Make sure we link him up in the description. Definitely, I definitely get him. Yeah. But this is not, it's not, it's not for profit. Um, although I can make profit out of it. It's, a, it's an official LLC. So it, it's a business. And eventually, later on down the line, after I've made significant progress, you know, I would take speaking gigs. I would go back and speak at, uh, you know, youth detention facilities like I did in Brooklyn. I would go and speak at colleges, speak at high schools. I want to share my story and I want to have an impact. And if that means making a little money on the side for, you know, for speaking or facilitating a workshop, I'd love to do that. And I also don't mind doing it for free because I realize some of the best opportunities don't come with money. Some, or sometimes you got to take a hit for money, which is what I'm in the position right now. I'm making less money, but I know that the opportunities of what's to come are far greater. So it's about um, having that winner's mindset and just believing in yourself. And this is my bucket list. I'm living my dream right now through, through my brand. Yeah, I think we're so caught up in the you know, instantly gratification and we forget that everything takes time. We have to be patient and we need to work for it. And if you have a long-term vision, 
you know, the money now, it's not going to be a problem for you. It's not going to be the main uh, thing that's going to affect you to not do the things you want to do it. So I think that's that's what you, you mean by winner's mindset. And I, I'm with you, man. Um, it's so, so inspiring and so cool to see what you have accomplished so far, the things you're doing now. And I didn't know that you used to do those speak engagements uh, in Brooklyn. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy how life happens. And uh, when I was teaching dance, I, I worked for a lot of nonprofits. And the nonprofits, they had funding from government. So we had to complete certain workshops. So we went and we gave workshops at youth detention facilities. So I would go in and I would meet a lot of young incarcerated males and we would talk about success. We would talk about, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. But ultimately, they just wanted to know, they wanted to really see that they can make something of themselves. And a lot of them were lost. Some of these kids are in foster care. Some of these kids come from good homes, bad homes, made a mistake and, you know, they're paying the price. And I also mentored, you know, what the the system likes to call at-risk youth. You know, we've had uh, gang members in in the same room and with no flags, no colors. And we all came together and we learned about financial literacy. Um, I even facilitated an all-female group as well, too. And, uh, you know, we had some great conversation and uh, created great art to perform. Uh, yeah, with, with a lot of great organizations. Shout out to Project Safe in Brooklyn. Shout out to you know Sports and Arts in uh, Queens. That's actually the same program that I came out of. So it was a lot, a lot of these nonprofit works that uh, uh, we that helped me find my my voice, find my passion. And now I kind of was on the opposite side, you know, helping youth find theirs. You know, and yeah, it's, it's it's beautiful how life is, man. I tell you, man. And look, now you got your podcast, and I'm on it, man. Shout out to Ruben, bro. Yeah, it's nice. You, you see, you see how it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's nice that you have this also this giving back um um experience because I literally I'm about to start working at a community service center as well. It's part of my degree as a counselor, so I'm gonna start contributing more to society. And I'm gonna have to do that for free for um, for a few a few months, just part of my degree. You ready for that? I'm ready for that, man. Definitely, I'm so ready. And um, I need to learn, you know. I need to get in touch with people and start, you know, passing on my knowledge and my learnings throughout my life. And if I can be some sort of, you know, example for someone in uh, in any sort of level. Um, um, that's 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 already worth it, and the also what I want to achieve with uh, this podcast is actually connecting with other people. You know, be sort of a um, inspiration, learning, entertaining people out there. But you know, entertain with the right information. I think that's the most important. We waste so much time, you know, um, using our mental energy for things that actually truly don't matter. And I think we. We forget. We spend more money on buying the new clothes and the new phones, uh, and we don't spend any money on buying books or learning new courses online or spending time on YouTube and learning new things to, you know, make your life easier, better, and more fulfilled and more enjoyable and peaceful. And it's so easy. You don't have to spend money on that. But 
it just amazed me how much we take for granted and in terms of learnings and everyone's different right we're so different and everyone has different interests but i think we don't spend enough time trying to you know look for answers and learn from other people and yeah that's just my my point but yeah it's really inspiring what you've done and it's it's cool that i feel that we're in the same path now kind of like giving back contribution and that's what i want to do that's a whole purpose why i think it came to australia to find a more peaceful more you know constant learning and be more sort of contribution to other people you know we have so much already right we can give something back even little things <laughs> i like that i like that point of view man yeah it's powerful yeah man. i think that's that i think your point of view is really powerful and this is why we've been friends for such so long because of your mindset and your appetite for knowledge and the good heart that you have to give back and you know you're pursuing your education you know you treat your family well i mean there's a lot of great things about you that uh, have kept us close even though geographically we were so So far. far and i'm really happy to hear all the progress and just just thankful bro yeah I'm proud. Thanks, th- th- thank you. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for life. Thanks for so many things. And yeah. Um, more questions, my friend. We're nearly there. Um, what was the best investment you've made in your life? And it could be anything, man. Spiritual, um, the Vipassana one you already mentioned, could be financially or anything that really massively helped you um, in your journey. Mm-hmm. Self-development. Easy. Self-development is the best investment. I invested in my knowledge. I invested inward. Um, and what I reaped was growth development. And yes, Vipassana too. It's funny you say that because even though I invested the time and I lost a lot of money, I got out of, you know, that thing. And, you know, the person that, um, you know, helped me recommend uh, uh, for that, you know, they didn't hold it against me. So learning compassion um, and also experiencing compassion. That's something that's so important. You can learn all these great things, but the true blessing in life is when you keep doing and keep giving, you will attract people that come back and give to you. So it's a beautiful thing just being a part of that. Self-development really put the the icing on the cake for me to move forward and really try to, um, you know, have something to give to others. Because if I didn't develop myself first, when I, the best intentions, the best jokes will just, you know, hit the surface of most people. But I don't try to hit the surface. I really try to connect with who people really are and, you know, their hearts and their minds and their dreams. Amazing. Um, do you have any quote you live by and why? I have tons of quotes. You could um, give me like three if you want. Yeah. I have tons of quotes that uh, I live by. Uh, one that comes to mind is on the road to riches, expect traffic. You know, the road to riches, whether it be financial, whether it be, you know, uh, wisdom, whether it be a level of success that you want to achieve in any area, expect traffic. It's a road. It's, it's, it's not you know, something that you can control. You can't control the weather. You can't control other people who are on the same road. You can't control the traffic lights. Expect that traffic, expect that uh, resistance. And that quote is off my first book, Hala. Uh, Another one is, 
I think this is by Jay-Z. He says, uh, what you eat, don't make me shit. So and I think he was, uh, the, what I got out of that is referencing, you know, the, the appetites or the lifestyle of negative people or people who don't have your best interests in mind. What they're doing for them is fine, but it's not really helping others. So sometimes people have their own self-interest in mind. and It's cool, you know, do what you got to do. But ultimately, as men, we need to take care of our own dream. We need to redirect that power and take it away from people who don't have our best interest in mind and focus time on what we're doing. And uh, yeah, I think uh, those two are very, very powerful. Oh, and the last one is from the Vipassana course. May all beings be happy. Happiness. So deep. I think uh, they would uh, make us say sadhu at the end of it. But, sadhu. Uh, that's something sadhu. 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 <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So funny. Vipassana. Yeah. Um, be happy. What's the usual thing or habit about you? Usual thing or habit? I'm clean. <laughs> I'm so clean. I'm always clean. I'm clean right now. Like, I just, I, I gotta be clean shaven. I have to, you know, I take showers regularly. I brush my teeth. I floss. You know, if something's misplaced, I know. I'm, I have a very good mind for detail. And it's because I've always been disciplined in that. I, I notice that I'm cleaner than most people. I'm not gonna say most men because I've met some women that are slobs. <laughs> Beautiful people, but it's just dirty. <laughs> and I'll say it too, you know, I'm that guy that'll actually go over the friend's house and, you know, they'll put on a movie and I'm like, hey, bro, yo, you mind if I clean this up right here, man? This is bothering me right now. Can I clean? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I'll be cleaning it. I'll be folding stuff, putting it away in, in other people's houses. So I think that's a bit weird, but I think uh, it's, it's a weird thing that's appreciated sometimes. <laughs> Definitely not a bad thing, man, for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. What do you do when you feel frustrated and focused, man? When you're upset, or you know, any anything in particular that you do that really help you? If I'm frustrated, usually you can tell it's on my face. Um, I've always been that way. You can see the frustration. You can see the seriousness of the frustration. Uh, but I work through it. I've gotten better as a as a man, and as I grow. Sometimes I can just see the frustration. I feel the frustration, but I don't identify with it as closely as I did before. I still get the job done. I hang in there. And something that I've done recently, I kind of strayed away from yoga, you know, because of I'm old now and I've gotten injured doing yoga. I'm telling you, bro, when your body changes, I'm 33, man. I don't, I don't know, bro. You, your body starts changing. <laughs> How old are you, Ruby? I'm 25, man. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Anyways, ah, to be 25 again. But, hey, man, you're doing great for 25, man. Um, but, you know, I got injured doing yoga a couple of times, and it was just like, hey, hey, let me back up. or Let me just slow down. Maybe I need to do yoga for seniors. Maybe I'm doing, like, <laughs> advanced yoga or something. But something that I take uh, time for is getting massages. So I'll pay like 10 or 15 dollars to get sit down that little massage chair and have you know somebody just 
just get in there, man. Just get that knot out, man. I because <laughs> I hold a lot of tension. Up here. Yeah, and you can be mentally frustrated, but it helps so much more when your body is just relaxed. It doesn't seem that frustrating after you get it from a massage. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one of the things you're most grateful for, man, and why? Life. I'm very grateful for life. Even though I believe, you know, partially that two people who are in love and have, you know, good states of mind are the best ways to, you know, come together and create a child. I didn't come from that. So being that my parents were never really in love or and I didn't have a healthy bringing upbringing, I'm still grateful for the life that I have. I'm also grateful for struggles because greatness is best recognized through a struggle. Because it's easy to be the greatest guy, the strongest guy in the room on a sunny day when you got money in your pocket and everybody loves you, right? But to be great when it's cold, when you have nothing to your name, people are hating on you. People are not just hating on you, they're turning their backs on you. That's the true test of greatness because it's coming from a struggle. You know, I worked in the gym and you, your muscles only change and grow when they go through resistance. When, you, when you're doing that last set and you're just like, oh, and you just feel that, that pain. You know, no pain, no gain. And then the next day you feel sore, like, oh, wow, I, I did something. So that pain is your opportunity to be great. And then you have that soreness or that memory to remind you of it. That was awesome. Um, at least one book you would recommend and why? Ah. Wow. The book that started it all. Shout out to Paz. Um, I met him when I was around your age. He put me on this book. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And that was the first self-development book that I read. And it just, it led me into Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It led me into 48 Laws of Power. It led me into just um, Dale Carnegie. Uh, you know, thinking, I mean, you name it. It just led me down the rabbit hole. So hopefully somebody picking up that book would have the same impact or get something really good. Just learn how to be effective. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and what for you as Godfrey Elder, what success means to you? What success means to me? Success is failing your ass off in the direction that you want to go in. Success to me is not really that one triumph because you're only good, you're, you're as only good as your last biggest accomplishment. And sometimes when you get that, you can get comfortable and just stay there. And there's nothing successful about just staying there. And I mean, it's just complacency. But 
when you go over and over again and you fail your ass off in the direction, that's that winner's mindset. You know, that's uh, it's like a sport. If you miss one time, you're going to stop shooting the ball. No, you got to you got to practice on that jump shot. And then you got to practice on layup with the left hand, layup with the right hand. You got to be agile with your dribble. You got to be good with the defense. Have your good dunk game. Three point shot got to be ready. You have to be an all around player for the most part. And all about that is just failing. They all got one goal to make, which is that one basket. So you're going to fail multiple times on that path to greatness. And eventually, you will get there. Eventually. It's more long run. Success is a long-term thing rather than a, a short-term. And when we talk about success, any, anyone that comes into mind and why? You. Me. We are success. You know what I mean? I mean, if you think about it, bro, if you think about it, how many sperm cells <laughs> a man produces in his life? And I'm talking about, like, we produce millions. We're producing right now, even though we don't want to have kids, you know what I mean? Or at least me, I don't, you know, know your personal dealings, you know what I'm saying? But think about how many sperm cells a man makes. And then think about how many sperm cells come out in, in ejaculation. And then think about how many sperm cells just go waste, go to waste. So when you add all of that up and you think of every man that has ever been alive in history you add the, that number up of how many sperm cells that has ever been produced on this earth it only takes one of them to meet an egg fertilize develop successfully because there's still a chance you can have ectopic pregnancies you could get aborted you could lose the baby i mean there's still a ch or you could uh being born at the wrong time before hospitals and you know uh had a stillbirth or got out and it was a war or a famine in your country. Oh my gosh. I mean, when I think of success, I think of the me, I think of you, we are, we are success. And if you, and if success is failures multiple times, you know, think about it. You, sometimes women don't get pregnant on the first time. Sometimes they do. Sometimes couples have to try for months. So in that love making process it's just failing multiple times and then in say a couple uh, a woman gets pregnant the first time it was that one success but what happened to those millions of other failures that just didn't make it that success we are success you know and i think that's a very important thing to keep in mind if if you feel like your life is not worth living or if you're not getting the opportunities that was given to you look in the mirror we are success. We are the living embodiment of what it is to be successful. I love that. Morning routines, God for Elder. What do you do when you wake up, brother? Wake up. My morning routine is as follows. I wake up. I look at my phone. I try my best to ignore messages. And I put on a motivational video and I listen to it. Or I listen to a business seminar, I listen to something positive first thing in the morning, and I get my day, day going and I prepare myself to go to the gym. Sometimes in the gym, I continue the positive audio and I also, or, or I might switch it up to music depending on how I, how I feel. I also do uh, my workout in the gym and then I have a, a healthy meal and I start my day. I, I, I must start my day positive. 
You know, I've done I've done a lot of uh, morning rituals. I experimented, but that one is to me the most simplest and the most effective for me because I constantly feed myself or I listen to an audio book. And uh, I'm b- really big on audio books. Really oh, I'm big. The same. Sometimes, it's like food for me. Yeah. Can't can, can live without it. Oh, man. I, I, I just sent these screenshots of my shout out to Amazon, yeah. Audible. Whatever I go, I'm connected to listen to something new. Always. Yes. Scribe is pretty good, too. It's like the Netflix of books. Oh, really? What's the name again? Pay like Scribe. Scribe. I'll, send, I'll send you yeah, a link. Yeah, definitely. Basically I'll put in the show like notes. Six months. I want to have a look. Yeah, you, you pay like $6 in a month and you have like unlimited access to everything. I mean, it's fantastic. And Godfrey, um, before we finish this up, I want you to tell the listeners who Godfrey was and who Godfrey is now. If you could describe for quick first, comparing to who you were before and who you are right now at this exactly moment with me recording this podcast. Wow, that's a very profound question. Jeez, you leaving on a good note, brother. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Before I was just a kid, I was just—I didn't have a lot of opportunity. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of privilege. I didn't. There's a lot of things I didn't have. You know, but I was still a kid. I loved to have fun uh, because of my circumstances and decisions I made myself as well. I successfully progressed into a dirtbag, scum, you know, a thief, a robber. Um, I hung out with gang members. I was a drug addict and just a very troubled person, misguided. You know, I've been arrested, never convicted, uh, thank God. And, you know, just uh, I was really in a dark place in my life. I always believed in myself just a little bit to get through and uh, because of the laws of karma, I got my fair share of punishment. Um, and once I, feel, once I came to the point where karma was done kicking my ass, because <laughs> karma kicked the shit out of me after that. I mean, it's not like I just did all that and was just, oh, hey, Vipassana, hell no. <laughs> I went through some tough times <laughs> and the person who I am today is someone that's very humble, that's stronger, smarter, wiser, more patient than I was before. I'm ultimately a better version of myself, and I'm not done growing. I have a lot more to learn, a lot more to grow, and a lot more to accomplish. You know, uh, just thinking about that is just is mind-blowing. I really don't think about that all the time. That's a great question, man. This podcast is going to go far. Let me just tell you right now, man. <laughs> because I'm because of you, the, um, the interviews, man. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a guider. Uh, you guys, you guys create the content. It's all the guests and, you know, the people I'm getting into it. But like I said, the whole purpose I'm starting this is to create more meaningful and inspiring conversations with people that are already having. Um, so by doing this, I'm just going to excel expand those conversations and i'm gonna just learn so much more you know what i mean i'm learning so much more so very powerful very very powerful um before we finish this up man anything you'd like to tell listeners a message that you wanted to pass on get off your ass get the fuck off your ass and 
do something great with your life. You know, as I was saying before, it only takes one sperm cell to create a human. Nine months to create life and one second to destroy it. You never know when it's going to be your last moment. Get off your ass. Do something great. Too much of us get sucked up in this mediocrity or we get into this default zone and we want to be entertained. We want to be swiping and scrolling all the time, which is great. I mean, technology evolves and we evolve with it. But one of the things I notice is you achieve a lot more when you get out there and you do it. And when I say get out there, I don't mean do it perfect. I don't mean do it right. Go out there and fail. Go out there and pursue your dreams. You know, and if and if it's your dream to really sit down and be here, you can do that too. You know, if it's if it's uh, living true to who you really are. So I think I'm going to connect that with when you get out there, be true to who you really are, and recognize your true dreams from what other people want you to be or what society wants you to default into, or what your parents want you to be, or what, you know, your friends are doing, what's cool at the moment. Get out there, get off your ass, do something great with your life, because you never know when it's your time to go, you know? And ultimately, when you do go, I wish for everybody out there that you have as little to no regrets at all. That's what I really wish for people. No regrets when it's time to close your eyes. Because we don't know when that's going to be. So live with no regrets. Uh, that doesn't mean treat people like asshole. And, you know, be a good person out there when you get off, off your ass and you're going out there and being true to yourself. But if it's um, accomplishing a bucket list that you want to do, if it's writing a book, just go and do it. You know, it's, it's not going to be perfect. Maybe you'll do better on the second book or third. Or maybe you'll just write 10 books that suck. You know, I'm pretty sure people read my books and they're not the best, but I've done it and I don't have regrets about that. So it's just about living who you really are, uh, getting out there and being active, doing something and living with no regrets. Yeah, there's a really good quote that um, I, always, I always think about. I don't know who told that, but I listened to this another day. It was, every master once was a disaster. <laughs> just fucking started. Yeah. That's true, Period. man. Like, they, like that reminds me of uh, every, what is it? Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. You know, that's one of the, I guess that was a quote that I left out before from your question. But yeah, that's master was once a disaster. Man, I like that. I like that a lot, man. You got some bars, bro. Tell myself is every time when I think that, you know, I get, caught up in that mindset what I think that I have to be you know perfect that I have to have the expertise that I have to have the experience of course this will add up afterwards as you go but um, you know before starting this podcast I was so caught up in think that I had to have a life-changing story to tell people you know that I have to have um, experience in life you know um that I have worked in something before, that I have to, you know, be expert on something. Um, and I thought like, man, everyone goes for a different journey, you know what I mean? It's not because I don't have, you know, the experience that many of the people that already have podcasts out there have, doesn't mean that I cannot start this. It doesn't, you know, 
hold me back for not starting this. So I, I really had to reframe my mindset to actually start this because I was definitely ready. I was already ready, um, but I wasn't. I didn't have the belief on myself and fear of putting myself out there to everyone that's going to listen to this. I have to be vulnerable to judgment because people are going to listen to it. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to not like it. Some people are going to hate it. And that's okay as well. And that's part of life. You can't please everyone. And I'm going to get better. You're never going to go backwards. You get better and you get better. You might go backwards a little bit, but you know, it's just with the whole purpose of you jumping straight a bit forward, you know, way, way far ahead. So I love it, man. I had the best time with you here. Um, for the listens, we had to do this twice. So it took us a lot of time, challenge. Godfrey is so busy. Like I said, the time is so different for us um, to find a perfect time. And before we finish, Godfrey, what our listens can find you? I'll put in the show notes everything we linked. Uh, every single thing that we mentioned throughout this episode will be there as a link for you to listen to find out more about it. But, so for people that are listening, they're desperate to know more about you, man. Well, they can find yes. you. Hey, they can find me on my website, uh, social media, Godfrey Elder. And uh, it's actually spelled out right here if you're watching the video. But um, yeah, there's not that many Godfrey Elders in the world. And I know that because... All my social medias are consistent. Snap, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, my website. Very fortunate to have that. But you can always find me. And uh, and when you when you find me, just tell me how you heard of me. If you heard me about through this podcast, if you just randomly added me, you know, and just uh, want to connect and, and build and, you know, work and do something positive, I'm always for that. I mean, I will never turn down a positive thing. But uh, thank you so much, Ruben, for having me here, man. This is great. This is some great stuff, man. I'm, I'm really, really happy to to be a part of uh, this, uh, this podcast in your early form, man. First of many. First of many, and I'm sure we'll be coming back, and eventually we do this in person. So I'll get to see you. For sure. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it, and enjoy the rest of your uh, Sunday, Sunday night there. Yeah, man. Shout out to Australia, man. One love, Ruben. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave a five-star review, including a comment. That will help me massively, and I would be so, so grateful. You guys can find me on Facebook, Facebook page, and YouTube channel as Rubens Abril, just like the name of this podcast. And also on my Instagram with the same name or as Rubens GNA. So it's Rubens GNA. You guys can reach me out there and I would love to hear your comments and the feedback. Thank you very much. Until the next episode.